Hey, everybody, and welcome to NWR Connectivity, episode 296. I'm your host, Neil Ronahan. Joining me, as always, John Raritan. Hello, I'm here. And also with us is our wonderful uh, most weeks editor, Alex DeFreitas. <laughs> Hi, Mario Tennis 64 is better than Mario Tennis Aces. I like I actually thought I was thinking before the Nintendo 64 games came out on Nintendo Switch Online that I was like, you know what, like maybe Aces Aces is a little different because Aces is more of like a fighting game in sports clothing as opposed yes. to a sports game. Yes. And that like I don't I don't hate Aces. I think Aces does cool things that ultimately do not work for me as well. Right. Uh, I did not expect to play Mario Tennis 64 on on Switch and be like Yo, I'll just play this game for like it's my most played game on of the new games from Nintendo Switch Online. But yeah, uh, the, the Switch Online stuff. Well, we'll get back to that in a little bit. But to start off, to start off the show, or I guess I guess this after after a cold open, so to speak. Um, I've been playing some of a hot new Switch game. It's called Yoshi's Story. No, um, no. it's called Shin Megami <laughs> Tensei Five. Uh, it is coming out in November. I think November 11th is the exact date. Um, uh, but Donald and I are working on the review um, that's going to go up, uh, I don't know if we can say, sometime before launch. Um, but the but the preview embargo went up, and the preview embargo is hilarious because we could not capture any video. Um, we could capture some screenshots, and we could talk about roughly the first 45 minutes to an hour of the video game. Um so I'm not going to go into any real specifics about Shin Megami Tensei Five, other than uh, for fans of the series, uh, you could probably go be happy. Um, <laughs> that's it. Done. Segment over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I, I did kind of go into this game with a little bit of trepidation, uh, as as talked about on the show over the past couple months. Um, I guess it was more like earlier this year. Um, I've kind of fallen off with a lot of Atlas games after legitimately Atlas was one of my favorite publishers for, for a stretch there in like the DS 3DS era. Um, and part of it's because I, I just don't really like persona as much as everybody else. And I felt like the, there was a point like late 3DS era where Atlas just became the persona publisher and, and Catherine and Catherine sucks for, a, a lot of reasons, most of which are summed up in Matt Zawadniak's review of the, the Switch release. And I, I just had doubts about what Atlas as a developer could do. I like Tokyo Mirage Sessions and then, you know, kind of workshopped the concept of the Atlas line uh, when we were talking about Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which is not an Atlas game, but I think suffers from some of the issues that I have with other Atlas games. And Shin Megami Tensei Five was a game that I was nervous about because I was worried that it was going to be like way too Persona-y. And I can kind of tell by what some of the people have been talking about from the previews, where they're just like, well, it, it looks like Persona, but it's, they don't have the school stuff, and it's not a visual novel, and blah, 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 blah. And people very much want Shin Megami Tensei to be a Persona game, um, when it's it's not. It's the it's series that spawned Persona. And Persona is the spinoff, damn it. Even though we're we're probably like an entry away or two from like Shin Megami Tensei Six being called like Persona colon Shin Megami Tensei Six, but ouch, it's probably going to happen because I I do think that there is something about Mega Ten games that like it, it, there's a lot of similarities in how Persona works and how Shin Megami Tensei works, 
but there's enough differences that for me, like as someone who doesn't like Persona as much, oh, I love the Mega Ten games. And five has really been no different in that regard. Like the the premise is usually like some dark shit is happening in in Tokyo. Something goes on, and this time uh, I I checked. I can say this, and I think it's like in like the reveal trailer for for shit's sake. Um, you're just like a teenage high school kid, and so like they are being like, oh, this is gonna you're gonna make relationships and everything, and the no, like Tokyo is fucked. Everybody's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then you you fuse with a demon and you have long blue hair and you run around and shit and it's great but you do go from starting off in tokyo and then like you try to go home after the school day and then like you just wind up in a desert there's some story stuff that i'm not sure of how much i can say but there's as far as what the hell happened because you basically just like go through a tunnel and then you're in this like deserted wasteland that could be tokyo who knows it's in ruins and then you go around and that's when the 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 kind of meat of the game which is a little bit more like open worldy rpg than like shin megami tensei 4 on 3ds was it definitely is pushing the switch to its limits it doesn't you know like they're they're doing what they can this is a game that was announced in what 2017 and is now coming out in 2021 and, and this is also like the first major Atlas project on Unreal Engine. So there are some things where like they're probably getting around some, there's probably some learning curves there. And I think playing it on the OLED there, I've, I've definitely been impressed by the visuals, but I've played it, played it on the TV a little bit. And like, if I didn't have like the, wow, look at the shiny new screen thing, like it, this game looks fine. Um, I haven't really run into any kind of slowdown, but it doesn't, it doesn't look like the most, pr- the, the most prettiest game in the whole world. But I haven't noticed any frame rate drops, no slowdown. It it runs runs all right. But you are like it's you know it's you're exploring the world. There's there's like Korok seed like creatures to find, which just makes me laugh because I just love how much of a trope this is. And it is the same thing where like you get like in- incrementally like as you collect more, it like it seems like the rewards like thin out more, much like the Korok seeds, where the Korok seeds are a thing inherently designed so that way you don't need to collect them all because you basically get you like i think it's something like you can get what like 50 percent of the korok seeds and you get like 80 percent of the rewards for it because once again korok seeds inherently designed because you're not supposed to collect them all and it's yep i i will say that is a little bit of a misread on uh it's a consistent thing that i've noticed with nintendo developers where they're like we're gonna design we're gonna you only need to buy one amiibo for smash brothers um, not accounting for that your fans in the West are psychos who need yep. to do everything. Um, and, and that's like, you should know that by now. Like, like there's enough evidence there. You can see by the shortages when they were like, uh, no one's going to buy the Wii Fit Trainer Amiibo. And then all of a sudden, like, those things are going for 75 bucks online. Like, you you done fucked up, guys. Uh, but back to Shin Megami Tensei Five. Um it's a, a turn-based battle system, the press turn system, which I don't know if either you are familiar with that, but the, the way that works, it's something, I forget the exact origins of it, but it's shown up, it's shown, it, like, you know, it's in Tokyo Mirage Sessions, for example, but it is uh, when you hit an enemy with their weakness, you'll get another turn. And you mm-hmm. can basically double the amount of turns that you have, like the actions that you have. Um with your party where your party is you know you the the demon hybrid high school student thing 
and then you also uh, collect a party of demons where it's kind of it's kind of pokemon like that as you collect your different demons and you have to do that by negotiating with them so like when you come across an enemy you can talk to them and sometimes they'll just be like fuck you i want to eat your heart <laughs> um and then they'll fight you other times they'll be like ah you seem all right or like you have a couple prompts and if you answer right they'll just join you or they'll be like uh you know i'll join you but you need to get me like 300 gold or like let me let me take a little bit of your magic points and then, and then maybe they'll join you and then you can fuse them together to make new demons it's a pretty it's if you played a shimigami tensei game it's pretty par for the course with all of that but yeah. I, I do think just like there, there's a cleanliness to it. Uh, the, the tutorials are good without being overbearing. Like, I think I think the Shimagami Tensei 4, I remember, was a little bit notorious. Like, I think the, the collector's edition or like the, the launch physical edition on 3DS came with like a, a strategy guide for like the first couple hours. And I think part of the logic for that was that like the beginning of that game was very, very hard. Um I think there's definitely uh I, I don't think I can even talk about the the choke point that I ran into, uh, but I'll just like it does get difficult. Um you can change your difficulty settings at any time as long as you don't pick hard from the start, in which case you're locked into that. Mm. But you can go between casual I think it's casual and easy, I think are the are the, the two that are available, or maybe it's like normal and casual, I forget exactly. Uh but you can you can bounce between those as you want. Um it's definitely a lot more friendlier at the start. Uh, and then once the world opens up, like that's when it that's when it seems like it gets a little harder. And then you have a lot more that you can do to to level up and train and find different demons and stuff like that. And they are also adding a third difficulty that is like, I, I think it's 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 safe. I think is the name of it, which is even easier than easy. That is basically like if you just want to romp around and see the story and collect the demons, that's the way to go. Which I just think that's it's like it's good to have. Like there is part of it where you know the the brutality of, of Shin Megami Tensei Five, uh, just the series in general, is important. But it's nice to have that other way because I I know from playing the games myself and talking to other people who played past games in this in the series that you can hit a brick wall and it can just suck. Yeah. Um. And if you don't have the you know you don't have the drive to get through that, or if you're not as familiar with the series, it might be tough. And I think having these difficulty settings allows you to still keep up some of some of that brutality for people that have like played every game to 100%, and then also still have it be a little more welcoming to newcomers, which I do think that Mega Ten Five is is way more welcoming to newcomers than maybe any entering the series has been, because it is like like the plot the plot's not as important. Like it definitely does have a lot of like grandstanding about like gods and demons and shit like that, but like if this is how I'm playing this game, which is I'm romping it through for getting the demons, the good turn-based battles, exploring the world that you can, because it, it is actually kind of fun to explore nooks and crannies and everything, and there's a lot of side quests that come up, different things you can do, and I can't talk about much else other than that, because the preview embargo is very limiting. Uh, but I think, I think by next episode, I'll be able to talk about it more. Um, cool. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I've only really played a little bit of Persona 5. And the loop in that game is you have your your real life with like the, the social aspects. And then you jump into dungeons. What is the, the loop like with uh, Shin Megami Tensei 5? Where it seems like you're just kind of constantly exploring. It is. So 
I like I'll speak to specifically to to this game. Um, yeah. From from what I can talk about, and by talking about what I can talk about, you can extrapolate it to what comes after. Sure. Um, you basically have like a a story quest marker that it's like, oh, like go here next. Yeah. Um, so you can kind of go in that direction, but then you can also explore around it. Gotcha. Um, and it does it does get a little more complicated than that, but like it's not so much of the like yeah, go into a dungeon, then emerge out of the dungeon and go do go to another dungeon and go into that right. dungeon. Like this is very much like you were exploring like this fucked up version of Tokyo that's covered in sand or whatever. Yeah. Um. And yeah, and then also it, like there's some there's save points that have fast travel, um. So you can kind of zoom around the map, which makes doing some of the side quests a, a little easier because you can get around pretty quickly. Um, the enemies are all in the overworld. You can like hit them to, you know, get a jump on the attack and stuff. Sure. Um, and yeah, and like it's, I just, I really like the loop of that game because it is, it's Pokemon like. Yeah. And I know it's, it's the one thing that I always, I, I, what I liked about Yokai Watch, um, is that like Pokemon is very much like Dragon Quest in, in that, in that form. Like, like, I mean, if you look at, the original Game Boy Pokemon game, like you could just be like, look, it's a Dragon Quest game. Um, because that's how it's designed. Whereas Yokai Watch was always like, let's take that Pokemon thing, but it's it's like Shimigami Tensei more. Cause it is, you know, like you can make the Pokemon comparison here, but it's a little bit different because it's not like you're necessarily catching them. You have to convince them <laughs> to right. be a part of your team. And then you and then you fuse them together to make new demons. Yeah, I'm I like I think that Shin Megami Tensei Five uh, is very promising. I'm I'm very happy with it so far, and I think if if you've been looking forward to it or you've been on the fence with it, uh, things are things are looking good. Cool. All right, so let's uh let's move on to talking about the the, the main act, so to speak, of the things we can talk about unfettered. Uh, so Nintendo Switch Online became the Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack, and while we don't have the Animal Crossing DLC yet. Uh, we do have access to Nintendo 64 games, nine of them, and Sega Genesis games, I think, but like 10 to 12. I forget the exact count of Genesis games. Uh, the Nintendo 64 games have kind of been the biggest focus. Uh, John, you've been digging into some of the emulation with the N64 yeah. games. So so where where are you at with those? Um, So the good news is something that I wasn't expecting. Uh, all the N64 games output at 720p. Uh, which is the same as what Mario 64 ran at on the uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars collection. It is cool because on the, even on the Wii U, which was an HD system, uh, the virtual console was still stuck at 480. So it's the highest resolution kind of retro releases Nintendo has done outside of that Mario 64 uh, release on 3D All-Stars. So that's neat. Um, and especially when you're playing handheld, that it means they actually run at the native resolution of handheld mode. So they look super sharp. They all look really good on Switch or yeah. uh, like on the Switch itself, like especially the OLED screen. Like it, it looks great. Yeah. Uh, the one caveat is if you dock the Switch, they still run at 720. But when it puts it in like the 1080p shell to put it on your TV, it doesn't quite scale the image equally. Every so often, one pixel will become like two pixels uh, that are just duplicated. And so like if you're looking at like a slanting line, occasionally it'll have like an extra big stair step, which 
it's not a huge issue. Um, the NES Classic had the same problem, uh, but it's it's kind of a weird bug that you know hopefully gets patched. But it's not the biggest bug in the emulation for this thing. Uh, overall, like most of these games emulate pretty well. There there are some frame pacing issues where uh, while most of these games are thirty frames per second. Uh, occasionally those frames won't be equally spaced across the second. Um, and so like you'll get, uh, like, I think in, I think at 30 frames per second frames ought to be like 33 milliseconds apart. Um, and you'll occasionally get two that are closer together than that. And so you'll kind of feel like a little jerk in the motion, even though you're not actually losing any frames or seeing any slowdown. Um, if that's the type of thing that you're sensitive to. But the biggest thing is Ocarina of Time is like weirdly <laughs> has a lot happening and going wrong with it while every other game seems to be totally fine. So I'm not really sure what happened to Ocarina of Time. Yeah, that's bizarre because these are not all separate emulators. These are all this is like yeah, everything's running the in the same. Yeah. It's all the same emulator, and we have seen, like, Nintendo has run into trouble with the 3D, the Zelda 3D engine, is, I guess, what it's colloquially called, uh, before on the Wii and the Wii U Virtual Console. Yeah, it's, and I think it all comes from Mario 64. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, that, that engine kind of... Yeah, Mario 64, kind of the foundation of that, but funneled into, like, every Nintendo 64 game, like... And the connection yeah. between Star Fox 64 and Ocarina of Time is the, the debug thing where you can bring the Star Fox, the R-Wing in. Yep. Um, I think it's because it's all in the same space. Yeah, that engine has a core, like a lineage across a lot of first party Nintendo stuff. Um, but weirdly, Zelda has seems to have be, been more of a problem for emulating. And so Zelda on the Nintendo Switch Online service has a lot of the same issues that especially the Wii U version had on virtual console which manifests in textures not displaying correctly and the the best example that you've probably seen floating around on twitter is in the water temple when you go to the shadow link mini boss room uh the water is supposed to be translucent so that you can see like a a reflection of the room underneath it and that's how they reveal shadow link and it's neat in both the wii u and switch version that's broken so the water is opaque and you can't see through it, uh, which kind of defeats the purpose of that room. Uh, <laughs> but then the other weird thing going on in the Switch version is the distance fog uh, seems to be like spread out. Um, the way fog works in N64 games is it's just it's a calculation based on how far you are from the, the player camera. So there will be a, a point set for where fog starts in relation to the camera and a point set for where fog becomes completely opaque in relation to the camera. And it seems like on in this particular version of Zelda, those values have been spread out. So the fog both starts closer to you, but like the the distance for when it becomes opaque is way farther out. Uh, and so one area where I actually saw this like really obviously in, in Ocarina of Time, a lot of people have been sharing kokiri forest but after you do the deku tree he gives you like the history of hyrule and shows you like a creation of hyrule by the goddesses cutscene. classic and in that cutscene, 
you're like seeing areas like form um, and they form out of this fog. Like that's how they kind of do the creation of the world effect. Uh, but because the fog effect is broken, like you can just kind of see the world like just drawing in because uh, there's no <laughs> fog effect there uh, or the fog. It's there, but it's not scaled. I kind of want to see this now. <laughs> it's it's weird. And it's, you know, on the one hand, like as someone who enjoys learning about, you know, how these games are built, it is kind of interesting to be able to see the world without that fog hiding the distant geometry they're using. Mm-hmm. But like it, it looks objectively worse. Yeah. Um, so it is worth noting that like none of that affects gameplay. Like like it, it still runs fine. It's still. Yeah, I guess like the shadow, the ugly. shadow link reveal is muted. Yeah. Um, like it, but other than that, yeah. Like uh, it, like it seems like it plays fine. Otherwise, I actually haven't touched Ocarina of Time yet. Yeah. I did see that there was a really bad input lag. Is that a confirmed problem? That was the thing I was going to mention. The the input latency, there's been a lot of people talking about that. And there definitely is some input latency on here. I will point out something that I always think is funny whenever I see t- people talking about input latency is, like, with a few exceptions, none of you noticed this before people started saying it was there. Um, sure. People talk a lot about input latency when they can't tell there's an input latency problem. And I also feel like unless you're at the level, which I know I know a lot of the Zelda stuff came from a prominent speedrunner um, yes. going through the, the Switch Online version, unless you are that intimately familiar with the game, like, or you're Justin Baruby, um, yeah. then you're not going to necessarily, like, I, I know I, I played uh, pretty much all of these Nintendo 64 games a lot in my youth, uh, played a bunch of them on Wii and Wii U Virtual Console probably as well. Uh, like I, for my time with it, I've noticed no input latency with any, I, and I've played, I think the only two games I haven't played at this point from the N64 lineup are Ocarina and Mario 64. Um, and like, they've all, they've all just played fine. I will say Ocarina is the one where I don't know if I would, I heard the input latency stuff before I tried Ocarina. So it's impossible for me to say if I would have noticed it. Mm-hmm. But like I, I I can feel it in Ocarina of Time, in all fairness. Um, and I know Xander <laughs> Xander was helping me get footage for a video, which should be out already by the time you're listening to this. And I think he wound up just completing Mario 64 on accident when I asked for like 10 <laughs> minutes of footage. Uh, but he said that that he could kind of feel it in there. So what about Star Fox 64? Because that's like Star game Fox that you're 64. Pretty... I, I haven't had an issue with. OK. And that seems like Star Fox 64, weirdly, is like the best version of that game that Nintendo yeah, has put out. That's the original. That's what's so weird well, about the Zelda 3DS. thing is like it's well, that was a remake. Yeah, 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 that was a whole that was legitimately a whole new game. Yeah. So also, I'm not I'm not comparing Ocarina of Time on N64 to the 3DS version. I just wanted to give that's Star cheap. Fox 64 a 3D a shout out because it's it needs more game. love because it's great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the one other thing I will say about the input latency is just to put that in context because i think it gets like people like oh unplayable the input latency on average amounts to about three frames uh once again these games are 30 frames per second which means that between the time that you push a button and you see the action on screen there is one tenth of a second passing by not a big gap (laughs) unless you're playing rock band like it's hard to notice yeah in most instances it will not affect you but there are like I'm not trying to say if you're sensitive to input latency, like yeah. I'm not saying it's not there. Uh, we hear but, you, Justin. 
just just to quell the people who are like concerned that it's a major issue it's not like if you want to see major input latency issues go play the sega genesis collection not the switch online one but the one that actually got released holy crap is that input latency bad yeah that was a very bad port of largely good games humorously uh from from what I've heard and from what I've played, the Genesis games on Nintendo Switch Online all like run wonderfully. That's good. Like z- zero issue. Yeah, yeah. I've been so caught up with the N sixty four stuff, I've barely had time to even look at the Genesis stuff. The Genesis stuff seems very comparable to like the SNES stuff. Just it seems to just work. That's, and that's very what nicely. you would expect. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Do we know who handled the emulation for for the Genesis stuff? Like, do we know what what the backstory is on that at all? I don't know. I don't know if M2 was involved or if it was... Nin- it might might be NERD because um, I, I think NERD did all the... I think they did everything else for Switch Online. Okay. Genesis stuff runs, runs fine and if you are someone who dipped into the expansion pack and you're kind of bummed out by the N64 games, like seriously, go check out some of those Genesis games. There's a lot of great stuff there if you're not as familiar with the system. Definitely games that like you've probably never played or heard of that are very good. Like I never actually played Musha um, before this. And that's a pretty dope ass shoot em up. Um, like Gunstar Heroes is absolutely incredible. Um, and, and tying into Gen 64 uh, outside of the controls being a little uh, awkward to adjust to use the D pad to control um, pro tip. Uh, Sin and Punishment is another game by Treasure who also develop gunstar heroes on genesis uh play placing and punishment it's very good i'm excited i got xander to play that last night when he was helping me record yeah, footage, and he yeah, seems to was, have liked it so that's very, that was, big, yeah, very, very amazing alarm clock yeah yeah that's, that's we, we talked about that the in the intro to that game like that game is super low poly all of the characters look terrible but there's this alarm clock in the opening cutscene that's like the highest poly model in any n64 game and it's so weird. Uh, it looks great. Yeah, it's like the first thing they show you, and then you like you see socks, and then it and pans like, up, and you see yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, what happened? He's just like <laughs> the whole budget went to that alarm clock. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I mean, like the Genesis lineup is is really strong. You have mm-hmm. Castlevania Bloodlines and Contra Hardcore, uh, which both are already on Switch in uh, the Castlevania and Contra collections that came out a couple years ago. But like. Bloodlines is awesome. Hardcore is incredible. You can play as like a little robot or a wolf dog. Like it's great. Um, Gunstar Heroes. I already mentioned that. Streets of Rage Two is is a very good beat 'em up. Um, uh, there's already a lot of Poyo on Switch and Switch Online, but Doctor Robotics Mean Bean Machine is there, and that's great. Uh, Shining Force, uh, good strategy RPG. If you're a Fire Emblem bro, um, go check out some Shining Force. Uh, Fantasy Star 4, which if you are lamenting the fact that there are no Final Fantasy games on Nintendo Switch Online, go go shut your mouth and go play Fantasy Star 4. Um, that is, is extremely good RPG that I hope to actually beat on Nintendo Switch Online. But like, just a really good assortment of games. And and there's, there's more that are going to come. And with the N64 stuff, like hopefully some of the emulation quirks get get cleaned up like i hope ocarina gets gets fixed because that that's just a real bummer yeah Um, it is i mean it's it's kind of one of the biggest games on that yeah list so it's it's crazy that that it would be in this state it it feels like they must have run out of time like and it also with majora's mask coming out 
they better fix yeah, don't the have engine's problems with Ocarina of Time. Because, <laughs> yeah, sure. like it's, yeah, Majora's Mask it's is going be... to have all those things. Though, yep. I guess in Majora's Mask, uh, because it had the expansion pack without a C, uh, mm. it <laughs> didn't use fog as much. So at least there's that. But like all those, that texture issue is, is still going to be there, just like it right. was on Wii and Wii U. Yeah, and there's so. some other disappointments with the N64. Like, I know there are, there are plenty of people who wish they had a, there was a CRT filter. There's no rewind. There's no, um. I do, I mean, the the rewind, I, I, I don't know, John, do you, I, I, I talk to people about the rewind stuff. Uh, doing rewind for Nintendo 64 is like, I don't want to say impossible, but it is like yeah. infinitely more complicated than yeah. doing it for Genesis Super Nintendo or the- my and this is actually like more from talking to matt about it too um it, i it sounds like the way that rewind works is essentially the game is making a ton of tiny save states all the time um yeah and doing that saving state on a n64 game is a much more demanding uh yeah. space consuming thing than saving your state on like an nes game uh, right yeah it's like- so it's just not as a difference plausible. in hundreds of kilobytes probably right yeah and that stacks up when you're saving you know one every second like mm-hmm. they are for, yeah. for the other systems i mean maybe maybe that maybe a way forward for that um if that if that's the way they're doing it on switch online just have it where you have fewer safe state like i forget how far back the safe states on the other systems go but let's let's say it's you have you know 20 safe states over a minute Maybe yeah. you have five over a minute on it. Yeah, you could spread them out. But there's also no button remapping or manual that is, that is, is the issue. Garbage. But yeah, I, I agree that it would be nice, but also it wasn't in any of the other systems either. Yeah. But you could feel it a lot more in the N64 because button remapping, you know, with the SNES controller or the NES controller, they're, they're either simple enough or comparable enough to where you don't feel the difference as much. With an N64 controller, that that entire setup is so alien to yeah. what modern controllers are today. And so no button remapping, you really feel it. Yeah, I, I guess I, I I guess I just disagree. <laughs> but 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 I don't disagree that it would like be nice. I haven't played any of those games and felt like I want to remap the buttons. Gotcha. If that makes sense. It's not a big issue in Mario Tennis, which is the most important game on that list. Yeah, Mario Tennis rules. Best Mario <laughs> Tennis game. I did want to mention the um on the CRT filter thing. I I kind of get what I assume Nintendo's logic was was that because the CRT filter is not like a, a technical limitation or anything. Like all they're doing is putting a PNG of some lines over the game. Uh, <laughs> but like it's it's a shitty CRT filter. It's terrible. But. I think the difference is that, you know, on an SNES game, it's running at its original resolution and that CRT filter smooths out those pixels. Uh, if they were running these N64 games at 240p, which is what they would have originally run at, then yeah, 100% put a CRT filter on it. I get what you but mean. But they're rendering at 720. And so a CRT filter wouldn't do anything. Ultimately, if you created a CRT filter that was accurate to a 720p resolution you would just the screen would just look dim you wouldn't even be able to see the lines anymore and if you didn't make it accurate to 720 then it would look weird because there would be multiple lines of pixels between every crt line so i get why nintendo chose to do it this way and i think i agree with them 
if they were to do a CRT filter, I would want an option to switch the resolution back to 240p. But I'd, I'd rather have it at 720 because this isn't pixel art for most of these games. It's yeah. uh, it's 3D. So you just up the resolution. Yeah, personally, that's never been an issue. But I know that there are a lot of people who just like had the expectation that it would be there because it was on the other emulators on NSO. And it does seem weird that there isn't at least an option, even if it's not as good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I think that that's a question that I, I raised just in the NWR Slack was, you know, yes, these games originally released on at a time where you would be playing them on a CRT, but so did GameCube games. And I don't think if GameCube released at 720p, we would be talking about needing a CRT filter for those. Agreed. Sure. In fact, I know I know we didn't because they put out Sunshine and we all thought it looked incredible. <laughs> it did look incredible. So, yeah, I, I think it's just N64 look, is a someone has to represent CRT. Matt's opinions here. Okay. <laughs> CRT filters. I 100% agree that CRT filters are an absolute must have option for pixel art based games. Um, and you know what? Yoshi Story and Dr. Mario are both sprite based. So CRT filter for those, sure. But every other game on this, no. Winback looks flawless without a CRT filter. Thank you. Yoshi Story looks good on the OLED. Yeah. It, uh, I mean, Yoshi Story looks great on everything. Yeah. Love that game. But all right, let's, let's, let's do Winback talk. So I, I was a person who played Winback back in the day and had fond memories of it, but did not know if it would hold up. John, you just played Winback this week. How do you feel? It holds up like so crazy. Like I didn't, I like when I asked you about it, you had mentioned that, you know, yeah, it's like pretty influential for third person shooters, but like, I didn't realize that it invented everything. Like <laughs> it, it, and I, it I wound legitimately up like I, inspired re4 like that's right well yeah it's like, like i went fact. and looked up because i was like i'm like i don't want to like give this credit for everything and then like have it be like oh some other game did it first but like i'm looking it up and like yeah it's directly credited for like gears of war resident evil 4 uh which then you know that stuff is you know uncharted uh mass effect like any third person cover shooter all of the mechanics and not just like, oh, it's third person. You can duck, but no, like sticking to cover and like pushing a button to lean out around the cover, having like short and high cover and like all of that, literally all of it is from this game. And it it plays really well. And I don't understand. Like, I honestly wonder if like. This is one of those things where like there was a. I don't know what it was, which what the subtitle was, but one of the Alien games on I think PS One, when it came out, we used the DualShock controller and was the first game to ever have what we now consider traditional dual stick first person shooter controls. And at the time, everybody was like, "These controls are just unusable. Like this is the most idiotic idea anyone ever had for controls." But now we look back on it and we're like, "Wow, they invented the best control scheme for this." And I kind of feel like like I wonder if Winback is kind of like that where. I can look at it now and play it and it makes total sense and it plays great. But at the time when there was nothing else like this, I could see playing it and just having it make no sense whatsoever because like there's <laughs> like, like I play it and I'm like, yeah, I get this. Like it, it, it's intuitive. I've played a ton of games like this, but at the time there was like nothing to compare it to. Uh, and so honestly, it, I think it might play better now than it did when it came out, which is so weird. But yeah, I'm I'm having a really good time with it. 
Also, you you work for Scat. Why are there multiple video games where you work for Scat? <laughs> like, why do people? Is this in the Scat universe? It's like yeah, some extended Scat universe. <laughs> why do people use that as an acronym in video games so much? Because there, it comes up a lot. Did this have a localization team, or was this just like? Yo, it's Bio Megaforce. Yeah, it's in English. You're you're a very traditionally American named character named Jean Luc Cougar. <laughs> Jean Luc Cougar. Yes. Okay. Which like holy <sighs> shit! Like everybody else on your team is like Steve, Dan, Mike, Jean Luc <laughs> Cougar, and Susan. It's so like it's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love I'm actually now looking at so Megaforce made this. Um they made all the Warriors games and like they do, you know, Hyrule Warriors and stuff. I don't know if they've ever made anything other than Warriors games. <laughs> like It's a shame. They made Winback. I don't think they ever made another third person shooter again. I can't wait for Winback Warriors. Oh my god, do it. <laughs> the there was a second Winback game. But they didn't make it. But they didn't make it. <laughs> and apparently it's an unrelated story. Yes. Does it play like the first one? Do I need do we need to have a Winback game club? There's a chance after after Dynasty Warriors that that maybe maybe Dynasty Warriors doesn't take off and Winback does. And then and then we have we have Hyrule Winback. God. <laughs> What a different, more wonderful universe that would be. That's just Link's crossbow training. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah, it's yeah, very good. It is very good. Winback 2 actually looks very nice, actually. I think it's not supposed to be good. Okay. The the Winback, like, looks pretty good as an N64 game. Yeah. Was it meant to be like an MGS, like, rival? It, it apparently inspired MGS 2. Oh. Okay. The cover system, I think, basically originated with this game. Yeah. The cover system of video games, like not just yes. of like Metal Gear Solid 2, but just cover systems in games. The only other thing you can credit before this is Space Invaders. Like, <laughs> like how how is this not like a legendary game? Ocarina of Time created Z-targeting, Winback created cover-based shooting. And John I mean, Cougar. And John you can't, Cougar. I mean, cover-based shooting is almost as prevalent as Z-targeting. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's even a dodge roll, so it also made Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it also has the laser sight, and I don't know if it's necessarily the, the first game to ever have a laser sight. Or, it or, like, feels the, a the lot first. like Resident Evil, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like, it is something like, yeah, that laser sight mechanic, like, there's there's a straight line from this to Resident Evil 4. Yeah. Oh, 100. Yeah, it just feels like Resident Evil 4. And it's crazy. What are you winning back in the game? Uh, Liberty. Okay. For maybe America, I guess. I don't know. You The game starts and you're in a helicopter with your team. And then uh, the helicopter explodes and you're like planning to infiltrate some base. And then the helicopter shakes a bunch. Everybody jumps out and it blows up. Uh, and you don't know where anybody else is. And so you start going through this base shooting dudes. And it's it's fantastic. That sounds solid. I'm going to keep playing it like I might. I I kind of want to finish it, um, especially it. since like save states make it so like, I mean, it has like a decent checkpoint system, but like save states make it pretty easy to just like anytime I get through a tough area, I just save state. 
Um, yeah. The one problem with the Nintendo Switch Online version is this game saved to memory cards, and Nintendo Switch Online does not support memory cards. So the only way to save your game is via it's save states. Bonkers, because I don't, Which, think, oh, yeah. I don't think it's like that short of a game. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's fourteen hours. Yeah. On how long to beat? <laughs> and it, uh, and it, like, it makes sense. Like me and Matt were talking about it, where I think what it is is that, like, on N sixty four. Uh, if you wanted to have a rumble pack, then when you needed to save, you would take out the rumble pack and put in your memory card. And I don't think the emulator knows how to intelligently switch between those as needed, which makes sense. Like that would be a hard thing to figure out. Um, but a toggle would be nice. So yeah, it's, uh, it's not the, well, I'm not sure if it's not the perfect way to play Wimbag. It It feels like this would play better on the switch controller than it would have on an N64 controller. So I, I do think it's a really good way to play it. But uh, if you're like me and you haven't played it at all, um, th- this game is secretly great and you should play it. Uh, which, like you and me have said before, Neil, like this is the kind of thing that is my favorite part of the NSO service. Yeah, like we made fun of Jelly Boy. Yeah. But Jelly Boy, Jelly Boy was kind of neat. Yeah. This is probably, dare I say, Winback may be better than Jelly Boy. I, I don't know if that's a hot take. I don't either. <laughs> but you said it strongly, so it sounded like one. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere, some Jelly Boy fan is like, who fucking cares? <laughs> Mother- <laughs> fucking Omega Force, what have they ever done? <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to, uh, I get my N64 controller and my Genesis controller that I probably shouldn't have gotten, because, like, why? Why did I do that? Um, but I have both of them, and they're coming in, should be getting them in a, uh, by the time of recording. Uh, Definitely looking forward to using the N64 controller, especially for Sin and Punishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, while I did adapt to like the weird control schemes that they have, like I'll just use the N64 controller and not have to deal with anything weird. Would it be funny is if them changing the control scheme for Sin and Punishment also remapped it on the N64 controller that so that just funny. doesn't work? That would be very Nintendo of them. But I do I do like having that wireless N64 controller that can work with the Switch. Like, that seems like it's going to be fun. And I'm looking forward to them adding new games. Like, just looking at what's ahead, I, I hope they figure out the crap with 3D Zelda because I really want to play Majora's Mask 64. I've never played yeah. that all the way through. Like, I'll mess around with Banjo-Kazooie um, portably. Um, that's yeah. the cool part about that. Uh, Paper Mario, Pokemon Snap, F-Zero X. Um, like, uh, it's a it's a good lineup. and. Yeah, hopefully some of the emulation stuff gets cleaned up. But I think even even without that, like I can play them portably. Like that's the yeah. important thing to me that that matters more than perfect emulation for better or worse. Right. I think yeah. I fall on the same line where it's just the, the convenience and the portability is just really, really nice. And I get it if you are upset about the quality of the emulation or of the, the lack of value. But I've been enjoying it. I'm not sure if I'll, I'll renew my subscription. I'll just keep an eye on it. But I hope Banjo-Kazooie runs fine because I've never played that game. And I've only heard good things. So that'll be a fun one to do comparisons for. Yeah. Because we can do like N64 versus Xbox 360 versus Xbox One versus Xbox Series X versus <laughs> Game Pass Switch. streaming versus yeah. Switch. <laughs> like there's so many ways to play Banjo-Kazooie. It's it's weirdly everywhere. But I think that's an episode of, of connectivity. Thank you, Alex and John, for, for bearing with everything. Yeah, the people listening have no idea how many technical issues have happened in this episode. 
Whatever technical difficulties there were with the N64 emulation, probably not as much with this episode. No. Yeah, Zelda <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ocarina of Time on Switch runs way better than Zencaster has throughout this recording process. I can say that much. Jesus. But that's going to do it for Connectivity 296. Shit, we have uh, four episodes until 300. Yep. We should probably do some planet, fellas. Um, I so, assume yeah, 400 maybe. will be our win back game club episode. Yeah, 300. Yeah, or 300, 300, 300. 400, 300. I don't know what number we I We can save late. it for 400. That'll give me more time <laughs> to play it. <laughs> uh, that's going to do us. Thank you. Thank you, Alex and John. And uh, yep. we'll see y'all, see y'all next week. See you back on the win back. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This was made possible by our generous supporters on Patreon. Check out patreon.com slash nwr for all the details. should get some online online play going i know did, did you both of you guys participate in some online online and nintendo 64 nintendo switch online play yeah very briefly with each other well john is out so we should probably try to get him back on <laughs> um considering he played with me where did he go all right so that was at like four minutes when he left i'm seeing if he uh yeah oh he's typing Zencaster just crashed? Oh no. He could still hear us. Oh, there he is.